Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Ruben with the Reflections Podcast, and I wanted to share kind of a, a late post, but one that is still timely, nonetheless, in the month of February, and that is sharing some thoughts and, and ideas on the month of, of Black history, uh, which takes place during the month of February. And as an educator, um, I have uh, found it an honor to be able to fuse the heritage of the African, African-American experience into uh, curriculum in 2019. And I believe it's, it's much needed because one thing I've learned is if you do not take time to study your history and the grand history of humanity, you will miss over, miss and, and look over the moments that really uh, show the human spirit, the power of the human spirit, and to show what happens when individuals from across different cultures and backgrounds and economic experiences, from different life experiences, from different orientations towards how we could live uh, coming together and miss out on an opportunity to better understand how we can move forward individually as well as collectively. And as for me, growing up in a Black household, growing up in a Black church, um, February, Black History Month was just the time. It was kind of like the hype you would feel when um, the movie Black Panther uh, was premiering and getting ready to premiere in movie theaters across the nation. Uh, people who dressed in African garb, people who uh, celebrated African folklore, people who uh, knew spirituals and hymns pertaining to the African, African-American experience were embraced and they were shared and they were proliferated extremely across communities, across churches, across schools, in a way of reminding oneself of their heritage, what they've been through, and to know what they have inherited. Um, I've learned that if a person does not open up a book does not watch a documentary, does not converse with the elders, that you begin to lose the wisdom and the knowledge that is legitimately yours, that you are allowed to embrace and carry with you and to make you proud to be who you are and to make you proud to know you have walked in footsteps and walked on paths that were cut for you by your elders, by your ancestors, by basically people who are complete strangers, but because of their sacrifice, because of their commitment, because of their uh, continued dedication to justice, to equality, to wanting to bring out the best in themselves, uh, you and I are able to benefit from that. And in the classroom setting, I don't work with, of course, all uh, students of African, African-American descent, <clears throat> Excuse me. I work with a, a multicultural background and to be able to talk about conversations and topics such as Dr. King or Rosa Parks or what happened to Emmett Till or hearing students raise questions about why uh, segregation took place in the first place uh, is not an insult to me. Uh, it's not an insult to the students, but really it shows the importance of having a dialogue and a conversation. Uh, I've learned it's very difficult to grow and develop yourself when a dialogue is not taking place, um, when there is no open lines of communication. It's easy for people to draw conclusions, to make stereotypes, and in doing so, those conclusions and stereotypes can be 
negative. They could be harmful. They could be dehumanizing. But when we are open to a conversation, we're open to discussing, we can explore why certain events happened. We can look at history not as something that is static, but is fluid and that it has different elements and different perspectives on the matter. And in looking at these different perspectives, we're able to figure out what happened and why it happened. Uh, when my students were engaging in stories of uh, <clears throat> such as Emmett Till and dealing with Dr. King and looking at the mistreatment of many people of African-American background, it wasn't just simply uh, categorizing or stereotyping uh, white America, but it was understanding that historically for months and for centuries, there had been a portrayal of various groups in America and how this portrayal, this portrait that was painted through history books, through institutions, uh, by people getting on the radio, television, uh, what newspapers printed uh, was distorting the real humanity of everyday people. And the lack of this um, truth that was needed to portray African-Americans, portray the true ideals of America were really pushed to the side and really marginalized. And unfortunately, uh, another segment I'm going to share uh, really shows what happens when people are not in touch with their historical background, when people are not in touch with uh, what is going on uh, in the world today, what has happened before, and how when we summon up uh, the zeitgeist of the past, how it can impact the spirit of today. So with Black History Month, I mean, man, I'm telling you, again, from my experiences and what I've been through, I, I love the experience. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that it was expanded from a week, uh, Negro History Week, to uh, Black History Month. And knowing, again, that when I celebrate my own history, yes, I am looking at what is going on in the world. I'm looking at what's going on in America. But I have no choice but to see um the strength and the valor of those who came before me. Now, um, with that, I want to go ahead and add um, not only the importance of Black History Month for people of African background and African-American background, but for anyone who is not familiar with uh, what could be labeled as the Black experience in America. And again, I mentioned in the last clip uh, the importance of understanding uh, and of communications and keeping the lines of communication open. Because I believe that even with all this technology and access to social media, we are able to look into the lives of other people. But that doesn't mean we fully understand why people do what they do, uh, their history, their pains, their sufferings, and their stories. So I believe uh, months like Black History Month or a, a Hispanic Heritage Month uh, and others really go into providing a space for people to boldly and bravely have a conversation, not to uh, hurt or harm or tear down other people, but instead to be able to understand uh, what has happened and where a group of people are going and how best someone can be an ally or a supporter to help someone on their journey rather than uh, being an obstacle. And one of the best tools that I believe can be used to help someone to grow and develop in their walk or in their journey is simply picking up a book. <clears throat> and I know it sounds very old school to, to recommend uh, picking up books and, and going through the chapters and reading 
But I believe, and this is very personal, that books offer us a window into the lives of other people. It gives us um, a window into the soul of a person. If we're reading an autobiography um, that someone wrote, uh, it gives us a, almost this sense that we have been transported back into time to experience the fears and the joys and the challenges that others who have come before us has faced. And so I really take pride in having a sense of a library, whether it be one that's printed or one that's digital, to be able to go back and recollect what has happened in the past. Because again, if you are not um, engaging in history, if you're not taking time to remember what has happened, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, the blessings that people have bestowed on others or the curses that people, <clears throat> excuse me, have inflicted on others, uh, we miss out on a part of ourselves being developed. We miss out on learning who we are to be in this world and learning who God has called us to be. So I want to throw out uh, definitely one book that is prolific and that I have read in parts and I have once again uh, just picked up to go um, and, and just read again out of passion. And that book is uh, Why We Can't Wait by uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And typically, again, I know I did this with my classroom uh, schools during the MLK holiday. We'll, we'll do a video clip or we'll do a short reading or they'll visit the um, I Have a Dream speech. And that, <coughs> excuse me, that speech is the seen as the climax and the, the ultimate summation of who Dr. King is. But when you explore <clears throat> uh, why we cannot wait or taking time to read Stride Toward Freedom, the Montgomery story, again, by the Reverend Dr. Marla the King Jr., you get to see the other aspects and avenues that people do not talk about or that people overlook. And see how relevant and prophetic Dr. King um, is even in 2019, especially when you flip through the pages of why we can't wait. And possibly the most prolific writing of, of Dr. King that is as relevant today as it was when it was first penned and pondered in the jail cell in Birmingham is the letter from Birmingham jail. And I encourage you those who are listening to take a few minutes, take a few moments to <clears throat> read his, um, basically a response to clergy persons uh, at the time who were petitioning him to take another stance and, and to do a, another approach to this whole uh, civil rights movement and were critiquing Dr. King, but to read out his response and to read out what these clergy persons uh, from Alabama had wrote to Dr. King, and and just see the conversation and to hear how Dr. King eloquently lays out um, not only his personal struggle, but to explain what this movement is all about and why it was taking a nonviolent uh, approach and what the purpose of nonviolence is and to hear about the um, theological aspects of persons such as Paul Tillich and uh, St. Augustine and, uh, and Thomas Aquinas, I believe, and to go into looking at um, the individuals who influence King, influence his methodology, his ideology, and to understand, too, how in the sense of this civil rights movement, it's not to tear down America, but it is to 
hold America accountable to the values and teachings that she professes. Now, another more a recent book that has come out and that I have seen uh, talked about more over the, the past months is a book called Stamp from the Beginning. And Stamp from the Beginning goes through a long list, a long historical list of this idea of where does where does race, racial concepts and racial ideas even originate from. And in 2019, there's still discussion and, and talking about uh, race and where do racist ideas come from and and what makes <coughs> excuse me, what makes one person racist or not. Uh, and Stem from the beginning does a wonderful job of analyzing uh, European culture and analyzing what has happened over in Europe and how um, ideas of racism originated uh, far before uh, slavery and influenced. Um, American uh, slavery and influenced Jim Crow, influenced segregation, and influenced uh, America even in recently. But the list could really go on and on. There's um, King Leopold's Ghost that explores um, Belgium going into Africa and extorting the people, how millions of people lost their lives to enrich uh, a handful of people, or looking at a book called Before the Mayflower, um, a history of the Negro in America, uh, and examining these texts to go through, again, African heritage, um, African history, African-American heritage as well. Uh, and again, opening up that room for conversation. Because one thing I've learned is it's very difficult to hold a sound conversation on a subject if you're not uh, well-read in it. And it doesn't mean every person has to go and enlist in taking um, a bunch of African-American studies courses. But what it does mean is that a person should be open and able to pick up a book, pick up a, a well-written article, and explore um, those feelings and those concerns pertaining to race and injustice and inequality. Um, I'm at a point in my life where if I have a question about how this world works, I'm going to find a book or an article and read about it. I don't want to be in a place where I have encountered a strange um, incident or I've encountered a strange practice and I'm not familiar with it. And my response is to immediately categorize it and leave it in that category. Because if I do that, I am doing a disservice to myself. I'm doing a disservice to the person who is conducting the action. And on top of that, <clears throat> excuse me, I am limiting uh, communications which is only um, putting myself and putting the person I am observing into a box. And it's a box that does not facilitate growth or necessitate any type of relationship building. So with the um, Black History Month, even though we are vastly and quickly and swiftly approaching the end of it, um, taking time to use this time and space to explore um, the questions, the history, the um, prolific background of so many individuals who have contributed not only to the African, African-American experience, but who have contributed to, <coughs> excuse me, the American ideals that make this country so great. Um, as an educator, I'll, I'll, I'll share this with myself to remind myself the impact of the civil rights movement being that it wasn't just 
for people who could sit at a uh, lunch counter or to get a cup of coffee from a diner or to, <clears throat> excuse me, or to go into a particular department store. It was creating space and creating room for individuals to sit in classrooms where they have resources that they need or to be able to be around students of different cultures and backgrounds and different intellectual properties and to be with students of different uh, uh, cultural backgrounds and to know that it was okay to be in that space and to learn together and to grow together and to have teachers that may not look like them, but our understanding of their history, their understanding of the goal of helping to educate and teach and develop the potential of the students sitting in the classroom. So learning, in short, learning uh, African, African-American history is learning a part of the American history and the American story that is often overlooked, just as it is important to learn about uh, Asian American history, uh, Hispanic American history, Latino American history, and uh, what is going on with uh, different topics such as intersectionality, uh, feminist history, womanist history, uh, understanding what's going on with uh, communities such as the LGBTQ uh, community, and knowing that all of these stories uh, are not trying to detract from America's greatness, but this is what helps build up a nation that is built on the ideas of liberty and justice for all. So what I want to do to conclude this segment of this episode is explain or try to set up um, one of the last clips and one of the last um, parts of this episode. And in short, and you'll hear me share a little bit of background uh, once that segment starts, is um, just recently, and about a week ago, a little over a week ago, um, there was an article posted um, by an Alabama newspaper about the need for the Ku Klux Klan writing again. And I share about the importance of dialogue and learning and educating oneself because I've discovered if we don't take the time to educate ourselves, you know, not having someone force you to do it or, <coughs> excuse me, making you do it for an assignment, but willingly having the courage to explore the life of someone else, we could create um, spaces that facilitate uh, anger, hostility, and uh, possibly endangering the lives of other people. And so I've shared a couple of reflections regarding um, uh, this sense of this publisher wanting the Ku Klux Klan to conduct um, night riding again and what that means and, and how important it is to, again, understand one's own history, understand what one is suggesting through the power of their words and how what we say and what we do um, doesn't just impact us, it shapes those who are around us. But thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys listened to the last clip and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Ruben with the Reflections Podcast. And I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode. And on today, I wanted to share my thoughts and concerns regarding an article that has been circulating on social media um, regarding the Ku Klux Klan. And the original article was published in the state of Alabama through an Alabama newspaper on February 14th of this year.
and is calling for the Ku Klux Klan to uh, ride again and specifically to conduct what's called a night ride. And uh, when I first heard about this article, I was deeply troubled since um, for the past couple of years, there has been a rise of hate speech and hate crimes and uh, harmful rhetoric towards marginalized communities, towards uh, people of color. And so to see a uh, magazine, uh, regardless of how, or excuse me, a newspaper publisher, regardless of how large or small they may be, um, operating to share the importance of encouraging an organization like the Klan to conduct uh, night rides, to me, is very devastating. Uh, it's very harmful. And it goes against the uh, original intent of American ideals uh, to have a sense of freedom and justice and equality for all people, regardless of your background, regardless of, of where you're stationed in life. And to hear the person specifically refer to the night ride or what I would call them to be night raids is terrifying because for those who are unaware of the history of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, night riding referred to when individuals could be removed from homes, uh, taken from their families, and lynched, burned, uh, killed, shot, uh, a plethora of ways that people were dealt with in uh, ways to terrify uh, and ways to scare uh, entire communities. Uh, business owners lost their lives. Religious leaders lost their lives. Um, community members who had uh, respect and influence and just some form of power and dignity could lose their life at any moment simply because a group of people thought they could uh, kill another individual. And so to see this op-ed posted and circulated on social media um, really, again, shows where a part of our nation is currently and how people feel, again, about other human beings. And I know America has uh, a race problem and race issues, and some of that is, again, reoccurring in a variety of ways through politics, through economics, through where people are located socially. Uh, but to hear people specifically reference uh, an organization that is uh, very old and entrenched in American history um, only goes to show the ignorance of certain individuals and the fact that we are not willing to take time to take a step back and see people for the humanity that they have within them um, to make statements that the Ku Klux Klan uh, did hurt people, but then uh, covered up by saying, but so what is only neglecting the beingness of people historically who have lost their lives, lost their jobs, um, who have uh, been disrupted and traumatized for generations because of a handful of individuals. Uh, I really believe and feel that as we hear about this type of news, as we hear about these stories of how people are being mistreated, the response should not be to call for any type of uh, hostile rhetoric or violence or deeds to hurt someone else, but it should be a space to facilitate a conversation on why people feel the way they feel and what can we do as a community, as states, as a nation, to be able to help bring about healing and restoration and to be able to um, put people into a space and into a mindset where they believe and know that they can thrive, where they can take part 
in the democratic process and to be able to uh, see the changes that are needed. Um, I know for me, after reading this article, and even though it was very short, uh, feeling the emotions inside of me uh, kind of boil up and having to wrestle with um, stories that my mother told me that elders of my community shared with me about how the Klan uh, terrorized their families, terrorized their communities, and how they felt powerless to respond um, has kind of prompted me to not only want to share this episode and get some feelings off my chest, but also want to take the time to put pen and paper and respond in my own way to the person who has drafted this article um, to be able to share in some form of retort uh, the significance of his words and what they can possibly do to many people uh, around the nation, around the community that he is living in. So I share all this with this being Black History Month and to encourage the importance of uh, understanding that, yes, as individual human beings, seeing what we are facing in the world is very painful, uh, can bring about feelings that are harmful, but the response should not be to uh, call for, uh, in retaliation, hurt or harm to another individual. And, and then on top of that, trying to justify harming someone else through the distortion of an organization that has been known for disrupting lives and murdering individuals and uh, dehumanizing people on uh, various scales. So again, I just want to share this with you all. I hope you have been attuned to what has been circulating in social media, what has been circulating in uh, printed news, uh, to be able to have an open eye and have an open ear towards what is impacting us uh, on the local level, but also what's impacting us on a national level. But thank you so much for listening in today. You all have a great day and take care.